All right. Hello, everyone. This is the Business Visionaries Book Club presented by Quality Matters. So I am Kyle. This is Darcy. We've got Steve. And we're just going to have to have fun shaming Rob when he gets here because he's late. But that's Houston traffic for you. <laughs> so poor, poor planning. Yes. <laughs> we are doing another book this uh, month, but kind of a little different than I guess normal. Not exactly uh, when you think about business literature. This isn't the first thing that comes to mind. It is the subtle art of not giving a, and yes, and we, we have our, our F-bomb here. So I'm going to try to limit everyone to one F-bomb, but we'll see what Rob does when he gets in. He hadn't got that instruction. <laughs> I think he's going to win the F-bomb game. <laughs> he might. Or lose, however you look at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so this was actually Darcy's idea for anyone that I guess doesn't, know us so darcy is the host of the quality matters podcast that is a mostly weekly we're trying to get better at that production (laughs) (laughs) um and this will be released on the the weekly quality matters podcast as well so darcy this was your pick you want to tell us a little bit about it um about the book itself or how i came to it both okay well um i started using a reading app called uh goodreads just because i used to love to read and then i fell away from it when we had kids because everything ends when you have kids. <laughs> um, but I found this app and you can, you know, keep your books that you want to read, a list of books that you want to read. And I came across that one. and I thought, mm, that sounds interesting. And so <laughs> I started reading it baseball practice one night with one of my kids. And uh, I kept sending Kyle snippets from the book. Right. And I was like, we have to do this on the live stream. And I, that's how I get myself roped into these things. <laughs> I was shocked. I mean, you know, you, you look at the title and you think, Oh no, this is, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. But you actually read it like, my gosh, it's, this is a really good book. Lots of great lessons, applicable, lots of aspects of your life. So, yeah, you, you, we got to talk about the title because I think that either attracts a lot of people, but maybe also <laughs> detracts as well, which we've seen. Well, as a warning, while he doesn't use the word in the title, there is plenty of foul language in the book, especially in the first bit to really grab yeah. your attention. Yes. It fades away a little bit, but there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this book could have been called What to Care About. Yes. But I don't think it would have been a bestseller if he did that. I don't no, think so I, I, I agree. But it, it does, oddly enough, pair well with the measure what matters. It's almost like this is the personal version uh, of kind of the lessons we got from, from measure what matters. Yeah. Because it talks about helps you figure out choosing better values and choosing what to care about. Yes. And then you divide those, those metrics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Steve Jobs, you know, was quoted was saying, uh, what is it? Uh, it's not what you say yes to, you know, it's what you say no to. I know I'm butchering the quote horribly. Someone can find it properly and correct me on it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he said that you're going to say yes uh, to one thing, but no to 99 others. And it's making those decisions about what do I actually want to invest my energy and my effort to give a, here's my one fuck about. <laughs> so you, what do you really want to care about? Well, in another book I've read once upon a time said, every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something. Yeah. Yes. So that's something you have to remember. You're choosing what to care about. No, it, it's, it's true. He, he gives the example of the lady in the grocery store line, right? You know, she's all worried about a, about a coupons, <laughs> right? All worried about a coupons. I worked at Kroger long ago. I have dealt with this lady before. <laughs> and, but it is, it's like, well, what are you really going to choose to put your time efforts on? And 
it's really amazing when you look at your day-to-day -day life and the things you, you're frustrated about, the things you complain about. Like, there's a certain amount of healthy venting, but then there's also losing focus on what matters in your life. Like, what's going to get you to where you want to go in the world? So are yeah. you going to tell about the example? Oh, well, yeah. So here, you're, you're a better storyteller than I am. You go for it. <laughs> So she's an old lady, like 80 year old lady, I think he says, and she's in the grocery store line with her coupons that she's cut out. And he describes in vivid detail how her kids don't care about her husband's death. <laughs> cats pee on her. I don't know. <laughs> He's got lots of things. It's a very and sarcastic she flavor lives for these coupons. This is all she has in her <laughs> life. And that's why she is berating the grocery mm -hmm. store clerk, because that's all she has to care about. And so that's kind of what the whole book is about. Like, what do you care about? Mm -hmm. And is it worth caring about? No. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. There's, I found a lot of parallels to my life, my personal life. Mm -hmm. um, but what I love about this is also trying to apply it to our business life. Yeah. And uh, specifically for entrepreneurs where you have to now decide, you're not being told by your right. boss what to do. Well, maybe you're being told by your boss. <laughs> Yes, her but, official title is the boss lady. Darcy Chambers is the boss lady. Guys. I am, I am. Um, but um, so you don't have that at, at when you're an entrepreneur. You have to decide what to focus on for that day. Yeah, you better hope it's some revenue generating activities. Uh -huh. Otherwise, you're going to be looking for a job. Oh yeah, a few months down the road. I um, it's funny. Like I look back on times when I I didn't follow this. So I've got to practice. I follow religiously I either do it last thing at night or first thing in the morning but i have a daily to-do list now i know this sounds just horribly boring and oh yeah everyone has a to-do list no religiously daily rewrite your to-do list any items from yesterday either get scratched off as no longer important no f's given or they get added back on to today's list and if i look back in time when i uh, didn't do that so religiously funny how those are the times when I'm so stressed out, I'm so busy, I've got too much to do and accomplish nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's a great strategy to have. I developed something similar where I used the Outlook calendar. Mm -hmm. And so I just start putting in times, mm -hmm. things I want to do things. And I usually put working out in the very morning and I end up deleting them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that shows that I'm not valuing yes. that. But so what I'll do is I'll, I'll make my list out kind of like you do. Mm -hmm. And then if I don't get to it, I'll move them. Yeah. And I'll move them. And then before you know it, realize it, you're figure, you're prioritizing what you're going to be focusing on and what's mm -hmm. what you're not focusing on. Okay. I put that on the weekend. Well, I'm never going to get to it on the weekend. Right. Then you just end up deleting it. Yeah. And so you start, you start filtering down really what's important mm -hmm. to your business. And it could be things that are, are very client centric. Could be things that you have to do behind the scenes to mm -hmm. help support the business in an administrative sense, whatever it is, do the important things first. Yep. Let those other things kind of follow. Yeah. It's uh. but again, that's kind of the, the point of the book. Now he goes into much more detailed and sometimes, you know, oddball examples. Um, but yeah, one of the things I struggled with for a long time is I didn't want to remove anything from my list. It's like, once I said it was important, I felt like it had to always be important, but yeah, kind of your point is like, if we're three or four days later and I still hadn't got to this, I really have to ask myself, is it even worth worrying about anymore or is it just some weird screwball idea I had, or, you know, maybe the problem resolved itself, whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah and that's, he says in the book, like it's not, not caring about anything. Right. 
it's that when I do care about something, you're going to know about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was talking today about, you know, if I, cause I get distracted, I'm a little, little squirrely. Right. And so if I start working on something and, and I have to be conscious of it, so I've spent more than about 15, 20 minutes on some random idea. Like I've got to where I will write that down on my to-do list and just simply the act of writing it down forces me to decide, is this worth time at all? And yeah, it, it's, it's super, super helpful. So you had a, a point you wanted to bring up. We were talking about earlier today. Well, I think it's kind of mid book maybe. And um, he's just talking about why people get so mad about things these days and it's something I feel like I've said for a long time. Social media kind of ruined us mm. all. Um, and no, let me interject. When Rob gets here, that's worth getting mad about. <laughs> what? When Rob gets oh, here? Oh, yeah. It's worth He's late. That's <laughs> worth getting mad, mad, mad about. Go ahead. Um, so he mentions a phrase called outrage porn. And I think actually somebody else <laughs> coined it, Ryan Holiday. Um, and it's just like, Outrage sells, and mm -hmm. so that's what the media shows, and then that encourages us all to be more outrageous, right. whether it's angry or stupid or whatever. Right. Everybody's looking for their five minutes of fame, so we're all outrageous. And on the page right before, he uses the phrase victimhood chic. Like, it's all, it's cool now to be the victim. And when I was talking to Kyle mm -hmm. about it earlier, I said, think about these Facebook groups I'm in oh, where somebody goes on and says, you know, to the person in the white car that ran the stop sign on the corner of blah, 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 and flipped my daughter off and, blah, you know, all these things. Like, do you really think the person in the white car is going to come forward? No, yeah. you're just doing this to play a victim and mm -hmm. get attention. Yep. So do you have anything else in your life to care about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we run into this in the workplace. I mean, all the time. I mean, how many times have you sat, you know, there at lunch or you're on a break or after work, whatever it is. And you're just whining and complaining about every little problem of the day. Again, there's a certain level of healthy venting, but at some point it it's becomes like our social currency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that that's, that's no good. Yeah. I think we're expected to, uh, you're right. Everything we see is kind of outrageous and we, mm -hmm. we have to react to it. And one of the things I like what he said is, and I place my personal life as well, that, he says, your life is, is going to be boring. A lot of boring moments. Mm -hmm. in it. And that's, yes. you know, unmomentous occasions. And that's okay. It's supposed to be like that. Right. Now I'll plan my life around big vacations or anniversaries, birthdays. Um, and those are the things I remember, but maybe the happiness is in those boring right. times, those quiet times. And, and then if you look at it from a work perspective, you know, it's sometimes it's nice to have a boring day where you're just, doing your job yeah. and getting it done and there's not a whole lot of fires you got to fight. And yep. maybe that's where you realize as a business, you really made it. You don't have yeah. to always fight fires and be reacting. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. He, he said something similar to that early on in the book, that the reward is in the climb. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the daily yeah. grind. Yeah. And yeah. you don't often realize it until it's all said and done. It just makes me think of, you know, like so many country songs where it's all about the simple <laughs> life and uh -huh. grandpa took care of grandma with six more mouths to feed or whatever, right. you know, whatever the case may be. And we all think about that and like, oh, I just want the simple life. But then you also want to be outrageous and a victim. So yeah. we can't have both. Well, I mean, this is kind of oddball story, I guess. But, you know, we went to Best Buy to buy another laptop for Darcy recently. And... 
when I was there, I actually ran into my old manager from when I worked there with, I don't know, 15 something years ago. And it was just odd meeting, you oh, know, seeing her again. There he is. No, oh, we're not going to shush. No. Oh, no, no. Stop the show for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Check the YouTube chat. I've been sitting out front. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and how you have to make sure you don't always be that uptight about things. And you were talking about happiness and the Facebook group and stuff. Is you just going to let go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you instructing us to let it go that you're late? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I did call earlier today. You did. You did. You did. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> but funny. <laughs> oh no! But no, I was saying. So it was just kind of weird uh, running into her again, talking to her because I'm like sitting there realizing the I learned so much in, in just the two years I was uh, supervisor there at uh, Best Buy. Like I learned so much from business to sales to, to team management that you would never contemplate. I can tell you the whole time I worked at Best Buy, I was not very happy about it. In hindsight, I'm like, wow, that was a truly amazing and awesome experience that I, I got to have so much I learned that set me up for success ever since. But you don't you don't realize it in the moment. And, and it, it's it's sad that we don't see the good in the moment. Isn't that cool about it's all about your perception? Yeah. You know, same thing happened. You know, you, you had that hard job. It, mm -hmm. And when you were doing it, it seemed ter terrible. It was forced upon you. It was it was awful. And then but when you look at it from the other side, what a great experience. It oh, was. yeah. Yeah, it, it's just it's so odd how things you know turn around and, and change like that. Um, but he he talked in the book about how, uh, oh gosh, Darcy, you better remember this stuff. Um, is you know dealing with like the the sufferings and struggles in life every day. You know that there's there's so much of a uh, kind of like a minimum need for negative in our life, mm -hmm. and, and that that's where we actually go back. And well, like this is when you go back and remember. Oh, that was such a good time, but in the moment you give anything to not be there no more. <laughs> I was talking to a friend today. He's a uh, an accomplished opera singer and burlesque we, opera singer. Nope, nope. Okay. Uh, Emmy winning Oscar singer, actually, oh, wow, wow. opera singer. And we we're talking about uh, the differences between uh, what is adversity and what is adventure, oh. and the difference is attitude. I like it mm -hmm. because we were sharing a story about and talking about like he talks about in the book about values. We were on a uh, camping trip with my son for scouts. And that we're, is adversity. It was. Well, <laughs> but it gets more fun than that. It was seven days in the Florida Keys, and it was part of their high adventure for the BSA high adventure piece. And we were coming out of the mangroves, and we hit a squall, and it was pushing us back into the mangroves. We're on kayaks. Whew. And we get to the point where we're just stuck. Right. Pouring down rain and stuff. That sucks. And it, it sucked at the time. And then we had this like 16 year old like guide. He's yeah. probably a little older, but he was just like paddling. What's your head? We're taking so long, guys. And paddle back <laughs> out. Like, let's go. And uh, there's eight of us on the, the trip. And one of the kids capsized and another one capsized. And we're standing oh, in the mangroves. I'm not sure if they've ever stood in mangroves. It's just like slimy mud that you step into. Well. So we ended up having to push our way out. Because the wind's pushing us back in and stuff. But that night, the kids and all of us agreed it was the most fun we'd ever had. 
Now, if that trip had gone off without a hitch, we could easily have gotten back and had that victim mindset. But since we got back and we had the yeah. right attitude about it, we're like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, a whole point he makes about happiness is not about the absence of adversity. It's, it's, happiness is about having adversary. Adversary. <laughs> adversity <laughs> is part of life. Yeah. It's, it's how you approach it. Problems, yeah. solving yeah. problems. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's an awesome story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have tons of them. I've been having not a lot of adversity, <laughs> but you guys probably see it all the time. People, and he talked about the uh, Megadeth, the, oh, the yeah. guitarist, yeah, and uh, the group he had left was what Metallica, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But he was always upset. But if you ask nine most people, how cool would it be if you were the lead guitarist for Megadeth? Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, that'd be awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But because his mind was programmed to be thinking. Man, I could have been part of Metallica, which would have been pretty cool too. Right, but uh, you know, he never appreciated what he had. Now, depending on the metalhead you talk to, they, they, you know, they might agree that he got the better end of the. Oh, deal. I love, I like a good <laughs> Megadeth. <laughs> but my yeah, kids, not so much. It is. It, it's it's funny how how your perception can change. So the exact same mm-hmm. event can be viewed so incredibly differently. Mm-hmm. It, it's phenomenal. Um, so anyone that hasn't, I guess, read the book, it's kind of a neat story. So I, I forget the guy's name, but yeah, he was supposed to be the uh, guitarist for Metallica. And then like the day before they're supposed to go on their big tour and record deal or whatever, the band comes to him and says, dude, you're out. You're fired. Yeah. They didn't think he was good enough. Yeah. And so he, uh, you know, I guess got, got mad about it and said, I'll start my own band. Mm-hmm. And he started Megadeth, which turned out to be hugely that successful. that was only his ever goal yes. was to be bigger than Metallica. Right. That yes. Was only mm-hmm. his ever goal. So he was never happy. And it didn't happen. And mm-hmm. he was never happy. Yeah. And in the lot of the book, I don't think he gives as much credence back to where some of the thoughts come from. And actually from the, the, the U Penn st- uh, stuff that they work on with happiness. Mm-hmm. And if you read Sean Aker's book on the happiness equation, mm-hmm. he talks about it quite a bit. And what they talk about is that forward gap where uh, Sean Aker's story is awesome. He goes, he grew up in a small town. He grew up in Waco for us. Okay. Like, oh. yeah, well. He grew up in a small town for most of the country. <laughs> just Waco for us. Waco like it was a city. Home of Baylor Bears, right? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he grew up in Waco and he goes to Harvard. And, and the story, the way he tells the story is great. If you get a chance, check it out. And uh, he goes, I walk into this dining hall, and it's like something out of Hogwarts. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm at Harvard. <laughs> and everybody around me is just depressed and sad and stressed out. And I just had a completely different mindset about it because, you know, I'm at Harvard. I'm like, this right. thing looks like Hogwarts. It's way better than the Dr. Pepper factory, but like, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, people that don't know that happens to me in Waco. Right. But, yeah. So it's it's really how you approach a lot of things, yeah. and and he talks a lot about it, and, and uh, I think Manson picks it up in his book and, and talks about it quite a bit as well. Yeah, isn't that interesting that all these guys they work 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 to say I'll, I'll be happy once I make it to Harvard. Oh my yeah. God, to the Harvard. Then yeah, you get to Harvard, and you're like, well, I'll be happy once I make straight A. To yeah, I graduate right. top of the class. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then it, there's always something. Yeah, and happiness. Oh my God. The, the goal, the end result—it's it's the process. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. I've been there. So yeah. I, I was—I yeah. was thinking, I was thinking, you know, what what does make us happy? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, I mean, I, this is really part of why I keep my—it's not by any means the only reason, mm-hmm. biggest reason, because I'm just squirrely. But I keep my daily to-do list. Is there is a certain amount of satisfaction in crossing stuff off, and I can tell you, I don't just cross it off. 
I scribbled the crap out of that sucker. <laughs> Ooh, so it's not go. there no more, <laughs> you know, but it's those little bitty things like, okay, good. I, I got something, I got something worthwhile mm-hmm. done today. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, like life's, I mean, life sucks. I mean, that's it. You it's know, hard. It's tough. You know, I think the things what life sucks and you die. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you doing between there mm-hmm. in the, and then what do you do? Live the dash, baby. <laughs> Live the dash. <laughs> but it, it's interesting in the book because he talks about he went on like he lived a wild kind of crazy life, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, from you know drinking drugs, traveling the world, like saw what fifty five hundred countries. Mm-hmm. Talked about, of course, however many uh, women he got to know in each of those countries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he makes a very interesting point that I think we all have heard. But it's like after a certain point, these new and novel experiences are just meaningless. Like it, it doesn't really matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It just becomes routine, and that's where kind of like what you know, uh, Darcy and Steve are talking about. It's like it's the average everyday life, and just seeing the good you do in your everyday life, and then let those special moments be special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to focus on those those few key items that you need to focus on. Yeah, and don't focus on everything, like getting to a podcast on time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man well i have to say some time ago kyle started with us and our family and our kids about not complaining um and he'll always correct us myself included and that, does, <laughs> that doesn't go over too well with the boss lady <laughs> no no but once you start making that change and you go anywhere and you're around any kind of social group you see how much oh yeah people complain mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah making the choice you yeah. ever been part of that group and the whole point of that group is to complain about that one person who isn't there <laughs> oh that was us <laughs> 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 but there's groups out there and like they will spend their entire time together talking about just that one person that everybody seems to have a a thing against yeah mm-hmm. well again like say I mean, this is just i may have heard it somewhere but it's my term it's like it's social currency you know, that's that's how you, you earn credibility with other people. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in a lot of social circles is by making the problems you have as exaggerated or difficult as possible, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, let's face it, that's an easy conversation to have because everyone can complain about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the more you complain about it, the more you show you're, you know, a victim. Oh, the greater and more awesome you are. I have he, no comment about victimism. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go down a political we route. Can go down that. A whole other we don't want to go down. <laughs> well, even in, uh, even in sports, um, I played basketball as a kid, and I was told that Bobby Knight, which is a great college coach, said that uh, mental is a physical 10 to 1. Hmm. So you know, here we are trying to dribble basketball and, and box off the rebounds and but really, it's it's more about what's going on up here, yeah, mm-hmm. and having good attitude and, and being uh, diligent, and so that taught me a good lesson. That um, look, I mean, we're given the, the tools that we have, yeah, and uh, it's how we mm-hmm. how we use them and how we think about them. Uh, yeah, to play the cards you dealt, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, like you're talking about how uh, yeah, it's part of why I resonate with the book is like as an entrepreneur. I mean. Every day is a freaking roller coaster. I mean, the, going from being in a very high demand, high stress, full time position to running your own business, there's just there's no comparison. I mean, none at all. And you know, I thought I was stressed out before. 
uh, have a clue what I was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kicked have, it up a notch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have that little back end security, like unless I just royally screw up, and I came close to telling people what I thought a few times, well enough that I might lose that security. But that's about the only way that that you're going to run into problems. And this no, is a total different thing. It's everything suddenly matters so incredibly much. And I think some people just have maybe a more difficult problem with that in their day-to-day lives. It's, it's distinguishing, is this a, a level one, for my opinion, or is this level 10? Like, really, what's it matter? I, li- I like what he wrote. He said that to be truly successful, it's something you have to be willing to fail at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Where, and then... Um, Go back and watch our first video. Yeah. <laughs> Is that when we disconnected? Uh, no, that was the that was the second one or third one. Caleb, you we just came, came disconnected from the world. I don't even. Yeah. Yeah. He's not paying. But, he doesn't give a about his live stream. He's not paying attention. <laughs> was that failure really a failure? Yeah, you know, and it's how you define it. And true. Um, when you look at the VC world, you find out that you know, VCs pick, I think, like eight mm-hmm. percent. Uh, sorry, they pick two percent to fund, and mm-hmm. only 8% of those 2% actually are successful. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize so that. There's a huge failure rate. Wow. Um, but that's why, you know, but that's why we do it. We, we do what we're passionate about, what we love, and and um, you go for it, and if you fail at it, well, you just skip and do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he likened that to a, a toddler learning to walk. Yes. And when they fall down, we don't say, oh, you're a failure. Right. You, you suck. <laughs> you suck. We say, yeah, you lost. Get up and do it again. That's right. Or you laugh really hard when they fall on their face so they cry. <laughs> like I have to do it with sales teams all the time. And I'm working with one team now and trying to transition them to use a vidyard mm-hmm. and uh, put video out and send video emails and stuff. Yeah. And all of them are anti. But it's just a matter of, like, just do it, man. Let's. Pick a, a couple accounts where you know it's not going to blow up anything and go for it and uh, just try it out. Fail forward. Yeah. But if you don't start, you're never going to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What's the worst thing that could happen? They say no, right? Yeah, yeah. They'll mock you. They'll like send you an email and say, oh, you look silly. Oh, who cares? You're in sales. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it, that's a big point. It's like you, you do. You have to not just be willing to fail. Like, you know, we think about fail as this huge, horrible event, but like, no recognize you're gonna fall on your face several times mm-hmm. before you get it right i mean it's just the fact you're not going to do anything awesome the first time you get nowhere if you just gave up after the first time you failed or yeah. something well and you run into a similar thing in the, the engineering world they call it the uh paralysis by analysis right and lord knows i'm guilty of it here as well i'll sit and plan and think and plan and think and plan and think for days and days and days to try to get the perfect way to execute this and i just sit there and realize i should have just done something like literally just start writing even if all you write is i have no clue how to start this project literally starting with that statement on pen and paper can get you going well i think it goes back to like not failing thinking about the social media and the outrage porn we see all these amazing like sports clips or whatever you see so much of and kids see that and adults see that and think wow i could never be like them Mm -hmm. but you don't see Right. How many times they failed to get to that point? Yep. Yeah. Have you seen this, these dude perfect guys? Oh yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. You haven't seen dude perfect? No. I don't. Oh know my god. About. They make those amazing trick shots. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they put them all in this one big montage. You think that they just 
first try everything. Ah. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it takes them a thousand times. Thousands, thousands. Like these are the guys that like drop a basketball off a bridge, have it bounce off a trash can, oh, yeah. and then drop into like the basketball hoop. Perfect. Right. Yeah. It's, but it's that's a, why it's so amazing when they do it because they failed so many times. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting and so awesome that they yeah. finally get to do it. I think I saw them throw a frisbee and open up a water bottle, which is oh, kind of really. Oh yeah! Wow. We'll try that after the show. After the show. After the show. <laughs> That's our next month's mm-hmm. live stream. <laughs> well, you know, I talk about uh, like another book that I want to get around to, uh, but it ties in here is Entree Leadership. And hmm. you know, in that book, he talks a lot. You know, this is Dave Ramsey talking about starting a uh, business. He talks a lot about how it took ten years to become an overnight success, <laughs> but it frustrates part of me because he only spends a paragraph on that period of time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it! I want a whole book. On that period of ten years of struggle and fail and yell and scream and cuss and cry, I want to hear about that. But even then, when he's making the point of it takes so long to become the overnight success, he only spends a paragraph on it. I mean, mm-hmm. folks just don't realize the struggle that's required. Well, they you don't know. want to acknowledge the struggle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you realize what you really truly value. Like, if I want to work out and get get in really good shape, but I'm not willing to run on a treadmill or eat yeah. right, well, then do I really value that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one thing to value the result, but uh, but not the work to get there. Uh, you want to want to do something, but not really want to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. we don't want to fail. That's and true. He, yeah. And he talks in the book about, you know, by definition, we can't all be unique because then we wouldn't be unique. <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> it has to be okay to fail Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it, be normal. Yeah. And again, that, that average everyday existence is, is really something something to value. Well, hey, do y'all have any other, I guess, final thoughts or points you really want to dig into here? I think we addressed one of the comments about, so, I think someone put out there about uh, the title of the book oh. having uh, like a <laughs> suggest a vulgar title and stuff like that. But you know, I, I think life isn't clean and, and using frank language sometimes is fine and and uh, I'm sure he did it as a little bit of a marketing ploy to get it oh, out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it got uh, chatter about it because of that. But I think the fact of the matter is, is you, um, I, was, I think it's from what, Ferris Bueller or whatever those times. Sometimes you just got to say, what the F? Or uh-huh. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, I can't remember. I think it's Ferris Bueller or something like that. Yep. But yeah, it, it, I think it's true. And I think people it resonates with you and say, okay, you know, I can remember thinking about like sometimes just not give an F mm-hmm. it's like step back. You know what? This isn't a part of, of what my core values are. And yeah. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, you do your thing. I'll do mine. No, exactly. Well, and, and to that comment, uh, I am the person that chose the book, a female, mm-hmm. oh, gasp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like the word either. I very no. rarely say it. And Agreed. even if I say it in front of Kyle, I still whisper it like I didn't say it. <laughs> um, and like I said earlier, there's still a lot of language throughout it. It does not take away from the valuable insights yep. in the book. So no, not at all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you, you kind of have to wait how, and I get this part of the core, what he talks about, like you have to wait how important these things are to you. You know, Darcy and I'll have, I, I can't even say disagreements, but it should be asked me for my opinion on stuff so often. And I'll just tell her, I'm not even going to bother telling you my opinion. And she's like, well, why not? I'm like, in a one to 10 scale, my opinion is a one. So whether I agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. Yeah, do your thing. I don't care. It's a one either way. This discussion is a three, so let's stop. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, I, um, you know, I kept asking my stopping and asking myself, you know, what do I really value? What's really important to yeah. me? And I kept coming across, and it sounds a little bit corny, but really about the relationships that I've made. And mm-hmm. one of the stories I, I had from we had a company that just merged with a, another company, sure. kind of a merger of equals, and kind of threw the whole business in kind of a disarray mm-hmm. for, for for several months. I bet. And so I had um, and I brought my department in. I noticed that people weren't really interacting anymore. They're more blaming each other. Most cases were missing deadlines, making mistakes. So I brought everyone together in a big conference room and I gave them all three pieces of, of post-it notes. Mm-hmm. So write something on each of three that makes you feel successful. Okay. And, you know, I thought people were going to come up with only a couple of things and I'd have to kind of make some stuff up. But you know, <laughs> um, we had we had about maybe 30 people in the room. We had 44 different definitions of success. Really? And so I started then kind of compiling them to see if there's any similarities. And right. a lot of them were around coming on on, on budget, sure. coming in on, on schedule, uh, doing the job safely, uh, doing the job with high quality. Right. But the one that I didn't, and you could probably expect those four answers, but the one I didn't expect was, it was something about doing things together with people, like having, hmm. building relationships and working teamwork. <laughs> I realized that if you can have a project where you have those five things together, then you're going to find that hmm where everyone feels successful. Interesting. And so relationships are actually a big part of I think, what's important. Um, and so uh, I would advocate to people like, you know, think about your health mm-hmm. first, you know, your family and your friends as something that put some value on, put, give it to time, work on it. Don't try to avoid the adversity, mm-hmm. but um, you know, have those tough conversations or have those heart to hearts. Cause um, that's really what, Life is makes life meaningful. Interesting. Agreed. Yeah, that would be a a good little case study or blog post to go through uh, the analysis of that. I think that'd be a lot of fun to a lot of fun to dig into. Yeah, that, yeah. We did an article about it, and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it was published. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, we gotta oh. Get, we gotta share mm-hmm. that. Yeah. 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 We'll get in the show like notes. It does. <laughs> it does. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, it's very interesting to see. Uh, to see how people define uh, success. You know, I, I try to think about it for myself. Like it's probably something I need to sit down and really detail for myself. I mean, I love making lists and defining things, but I think it'd really be kind of something fun to challenge folks with is write down, you know, uh, three or four things tonight and say, you know, what is it that I really value? What would make me feel you know, valued or successful in the situation? And I think that's, uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So any other comments, feedback? No, I, I like the book. I recommend it to people. Uh, the one thing I will say is if you're an audible person, uh, no, don't yeah. have your kids in the car at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably so. That did happen to me. We were driving to Louisiana. I was like, oh, we'll play this book. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Well, I did listen to it with our 12, almost 13-year-old. I took the kids to Arkansas to visit family, and the two little ones had headphones to watch a DVD player. And we've been trying to get him to read some of these books and he just won't do it on his own. And I wanted to reread it before mm-hmm. this. So we played it. I said, Jesse, you got to highlight these for me. And he got a kick out of all the cussing. So. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, when, when we, we started promoting this one, you know, we, we didn't use the F word. Right. 
the little the letter. Yeah. yeah. But it actually offended somebody and they put that in the comments. And my initial reaction was, oh man, I feel bad. I didn't mean to offend this person. Right. Um, but then I realized, no, I shouldn't give an F. Yeah. That. Mm -hmm. I cannot control how he. Yeah. You can only control that. what you can control. I agree. And I think that was a key part of the book. It's like, you need to just focus on what you control. You can't control the people. Uh, and what's he talk about being a Buddhist? You know, you just oh, have yeah. to be a Buddhist, like be in the now and stuff. Yep. Well, he gives this uh, another great example he gave in the book is he talked about how folks tend to want to fall in like a couple of categories, right? You're either the person that's always needing rescued or you're the person that's the rescuer. And that one kind of hit hard with me because I realized very, as I'm listening to like, oh my gosh, I'm the guy who wants to be the rescuer for everything. Mm. And so, you know, every time Darcy has a problem or there's a problem at work, you know, um, whatever it is, like I want to jump in and fix it right away. And it is so freaking hard for me just step back and say, no, these people are good. They're competent. They're qualified. They can take care of their own problems. Hush and back away. Mm -hmm. It's very, very hard. <laughs> and to let your kids solve their own problems. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that's, that is a <laughs> battle. <laughs> because I'm all about, like, let them go. Yeah. Let it go. See what happens. Yeah. And my wife's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up where my, my parents were like, don't do that. You could hurt yourself. Be yes. careful. Don't take chances. And I realized I was, I was very risk averse because of that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then for my kids, I had a tendency to do the same thing. But mm -hmm. now I'm thinking, but I, I hold back and I said, look, they hurt themselves. What's, what's the worst guy? They fail. Yeah. Just get back mm -hmm. and they learn something from it. Yeah. And that's what mm -hmm. life is about. Yeah. I was talking to my sister on the way here. Uh, Cause I'm a Gen X. She's a millennial. And, and she has more of a like, Oh, be careful kind of mindset where I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I, kind of, I tend to let the boys go and make their mistakes and hurt themselves. Our youngest, she's it's a girl, she's a girl, and she's five. And I say, don't do that. You'll hurt the not because I care. She hurts herself. Like she'll get over that. But like I don't want to deal with the screaming and crying. It will go <laughs> for her. It goes on forever oh and ever gosh. and ever. Like yeah, the tiniest scrape. I'm hurt. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, hey, anyone listening to this, if you have not already, make sure that you hit subscribe to the podcast. Um, if we can start getting enough traction with the uh, business visionaries here, we're likely going to start a whole independent YouTube channel and, and podcast stream. Mm -hmm. But first, we got to get uh, more uh, subscribers here. So please be certain to subscribe, comment, let us know your thoughts. You got suggestions for future books or just want some feedback from any of us. You know, we we all just love to answer questions and kind of talk to folks. And uh, so, yeah, please comment. Let us know what you think. Um, something we were talking about before we got this started is, um, you know, we're looking for a sponsor for some of these future episodes. So mm -hmm. if you want to be a part of what we're doing here, you want to get your name listed out there, get a little bit of additional advertising and be associated with this fine crew of folks, you know, <laughs> let us know. Uh, we're definitely looking for sponsors. Most for of the, us uh, show up to work on time. Yeah, most of us. <laughs> most of us. <laughs> so let us know. But that's that's all I've got. Um, Caleb, we got anything over there? <laughs> all right so man that doesn't get very much praise we got caleb over here he's our services Yay. manager subs in as our live stream producer so uh very much appreciate that um that's all i got unless y'all got any final thoughts or comments here no thanks great awesome. the boss lady with us <laughs> thank yes. you guys